Today on Conservatory, Ron DeSantis lays down the law in Florida. A woman is banned from a YMCA after asking a man in the women's locker room if he has a penis, and we examine what the Bible tells us about justice. We have all that and more today on the Conservatory. Alrighty guys, uh, today I'd like to begin the show with a hypothetical. Let's say that you're in a business, and in this business you create a product. For, for this example, we'll use shoes. Let's say your business makes shoes. Now, you obviously at this company will have many employees, each with a specific job to do. And one day, a particular employee decides he doesn't want to come into work, or excuse me, he wants to come into work, but does not want to do the job uh, that you're paying him to do. This would seem to me, anyway, problematic. I think that most people would agree that if the employee continued to refuse to do the job, you as his boss and the owner of the business would have grounds to fire the employee and replace him with someone else. And you're probably thinking, Matthew, that seems pretty obvious. What's the purpose of this? Well, the reason I bring this up is because in Florida, Ron DeSantis did this very thing. According to the Daily Wire, quote, Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis sent, a law, sent law enforcement officials to remove woke state attorney Andrew Warren of the 13th Judicial Circuit, who was backed by Democratic mega-donor George Soros from office this week. State attorneys have a duty to prosecute crimes as defined in Florida law, not to pick and choose which laws to enforce based on his personal agenda, DeSantis said in a statement. It is my duty to hold Florida's elected officials to the highest standard for the people of Florida. I have the utmost trust that Judge Susan Lopez will lead the office through this transition and faithfully, faithfully uphold the rule of law. Of course, he's exactly right here. Uh, as this year has progressed, and really over the last several years, we've seen a trend of Democrat, Democrat judges and prosecutors deliberately choosing to apply and make adjustments about the law that are severely biased towards the left. The piece continues, quote, We asked during an interview with Fox News host Tucker Carlson about why he issued the executive order, DeSantis said that Soros prosecutors around the country have basically taken it upon themselves to determine which laws should be followed and which laws should not be followed. DeSantis, who noticed, or excuse me, who noted that he has the state constitutional authority to remove prosecutors from office if they are not doing their job, said that he had his staff review all state attorneys and that's when they discovered the issues with Warren. There's this thing that I've noticed in American politics over the last few years, and it, it's the following. When Republicans want to do something, but the law prevents it, they work for years, and in some cases decades, in an attempt to either amend or overturn the current rule to give themselves the legal authority to do what they believe is moral, or what they want to do. Uh, of course, we saw this in the Dobbins decision, where Republicans strategically worked to overturn one of the most insane legal rulings in the history of the United States in Roe. When conservatives do this, the left then declares that Republicans acted illegally or unconstitutionally, uh, sneakily or dishonestly, while simultaneously making the case in the court of public opinion that whatever the new ruling is, it is bound to result in violence against X group. Again, we saw this with the overturning of Roe. Then, when Democrats want to do something, but the law prevents it, they work strategically to get their guy into the authoritative office or into the court. And then whoever this official is will then either declare out of thin air laws that don't exist uh, are actually explicitly stated, <clears throat> or laws that are on the books don't exist at all in any capacity, and therefore they don't prosecute them. 
Uh, in this case, it is the latter, obviously. Because of this, in my opinion, what Ron DeSantis did in Florida is what every Republican governor in each and every red state should be doing. Uh, we must be doing everything in our legal power to weed out those who refuse to follow and enforce the law. Uh, as I read from the article, this particular judge's campaign was backed by George Soros. Uh, I'll let DeSantis explain the strategy here. Quote, here's what Soros is doing. It's actually smart on his part. They can't get these things enacted in a legislature where you're going to get criminals, where you're just going to let criminals run amok, DeSantis said. So what they do, he will get involved in these Democratic primaries in Democrat area. He'll flush a million dollars to get the radical to win the primary, and they usually win the general because of the party affiliation difference in the jurisdiction. So then you get them in there, and what they do is they want to change the criminal justice system through non-enforcement, he said. So it's a total end run around the constitutional system. The results obviously have been destructive around the country, but it also really undermines the idea that ours is supposed to be a government of laws, not a government of individual men. End quote. And this, of course, is absolutely correct. If you remember the case of the man defending his bodega back several weeks ago, a source-backed district attorney in the state of New York, uh, in Manhattan, intended on prosecuting an elderly man for defending his business after a younger man entered his business and began assaulting him. Only after the threat of lawsuits and public outrage did the DA drop the charges. But this is what they want. The left seeks to make you defenseless, then they seek to allow criminals to run the streets, and finally they seek to have you give them more power since you can't protect yourself because of those laws. Let's think about this in the context of a, a concrete example. In Buffalo, New York, several months ago now, if you'll remember, a man shot up a grocery store, killing several people. The shooter was wearing body armor during this crime. And as you know, New York has some of the strictest gun laws in the nation. It's almost impossible to get a carry permit, especially so in the city. So we now have unarmed citizens, then a murderer murders people, because the killer was wearing body armor, the legislature of that state then introduced legislation to ban the sale of armor. I don't think I need to connect the dots here. The government removes your ability to actively protect yourself, then a criminal takes advantage of this because the people were unarmed, and then a way to passively protect yourself is banned. It's a circular process if, you, if you're picking up on it. The machine will not stop and does not stop until it eliminates your will and ability of self-reliance. Self Rights are not taken. They are voted away by people motivated by fear. So I say again, we must prevent this stuff from seeping into our red states. Hey guys, the sponsor of today's show is me. Given that the show is so young and we don't yet have any sponsors, uh, if you or someone you know like what we're doing here in the conservatory, shoot me an email at the.conservatory.podcast at protonmail.com. Thanks, and let's get back to the show. Staying on theme of a, a backwards rule of law in this country, a headline from a report uh, in the post-millennial reads, quote, 80-year-old granny banned from YMCA after demanding biological male leave women's locker room where little girls were undressing. Hannah Nightingale reporting, quote, an 80-year-old Washington State woman has been banned from using her local YMCA's public pool after she expressed discomfort with a biological male in the women's locker room as young girls were undressing. She was in the shower when she heard a male voice and peeked out to find a biological male in a women's swimsuit engaging with the girls who were undressing. The biological male was reportedly with girls from the day camp overseeing their bathroom activities. Addressing the Port Townsend City Council on Monday, Julie Jamon 
a resident of Port Townsend of about 40 years, described the situation she had been in after her regular swim at the Mountain Valley Pool. Quote, in an effort by the city and the YMCA to apply the neocultural gender rules at the Mont, <coughs> excuse me, at the Mountain View pool dressing shower room facilities, women and children are being put at risk, Jamon said. Jamon said that she had been showering after her July 26th swim at the pool when she heard a man's voice in the women's dressing area. She said that she saw a man in a woman's swimsuit watching little girls pull down their bathing suits in order to use the toilets in the dressing room. In an email from the YMCA's marketing and communication manager to the post-millennial, they said that the staff member was not engaging with these girls, but rather escorting them to the dressing room. Now let's think about this for a second. Let's think back to just a few years ago when the world had at least a shred of sanity. Uh, if a man had been leading a young girl or girls into a locker room so that they could undress in front of them, the man would be on registry, possibly in prison, and not allowed within 300 yards of a school, and likely killed in prison. However, now in our ever-virtuous, ever-knowledgeable society, the woman responsible for stopping this man, rather than being cheered as a hero for protecting the innocence of the children from prying eyes of what is clearly a child predator, is banned from the pool. The piece continues, according to the Port Townsend Free Press, Jamon, who had been in the shower when she realized what was happening, hidden behind thin sheer shower curtains, asked this person, revealed by the name of Clementine Adams, do you have a penis? None of your business, Adams reportedly responded. Get out of here, right now, Jamon replied. You're discriminating and you can't use the pool anymore and I'm calling the police, Adams said. YMCA aquatics manager Rowan DeLuna told Jamon after she requested that Adams leave the room, according to the Port Townsend Free Press. In an email from the YMCA's marketing and communications manager, they said that Jamon was not permanently suspended for this incident alone, but rather due to repeatedly violating the Olympic Peninsula YMCA Code of Conduct, specifically using disrespectful words or gestures towards YMCA staff or others, and abusive, harassing, and or obscene language or gestures uh, towards YMCA staff or others. So just to reiterate, the man in the women's shower slash locker room where little kids are undressing was the one calling the police and banning a woman for telling him to leave? The article continues, detailing some he said, she said about whether or not uh, Jamon was refusing to leave or was blocked by the workers. Uh, these type of stories are, are of the few that make my blood boil. How on earth as a society have we come to the point where we are sacrificing the innocence of children to conform and make grown men feel good about their sexuality? When did sexual validation become paramount to protecting our children? If a grown man is caught with images of a new child, he's charged with a crime and likely killed in prison. But if a man claims to be of the opposite gender, uh, he is then claimed as the victim of an attack when someone makes the observation that he's a male. It's truly, I mean, it's a disgusting situation. Uh, one that unfortunately seems to be indicative of where our culture is heading. We turn more and more to Sodom and Gomorrah day by day. But just like we talked about previously, you have no right to protection just as your child has no right to her, innoc to her innocence. We have to have a cultural reversion. Counterculture has become the culture, and conservatives have to start fighting back. Okay, guys, so the verse I want to go over in today's show is Psalm 140.12. It reads as follows, quote, I know that the Lord will maintain the case of the afflicted and will execute justice for the needy. So let's break that down. 
Uh, we'll start with the first half. Uh, I know the Lord will maintain the case of the afflicted. What the Bible is saying here is that God knows your struggle. He knows when you're having a hard time. He knows when someone has done wrong against you. Like a lawyer, judge, and jury, he'll seek justice. Secondly, he will execute this justice. There's no reason for you to wish harm on people who did you wrong or to dwell on the wrongdoing because the Lord will take care of it and he will ensure that justice is served. So don't have vengeance in your heart. Alrighty guys, today's episode is pretty short. Uh, I apologize for that. I'm still working on how to decrease the time I spend planning and writing my episodes uh, while increasing the length to make sure that y'all get the information that you need and to make sure that they're of, of good quality. Uh, I appreciate y'all listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If, excuse me, we are available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to so tell your friends. Don't forget, if you want to support me, support us, shoot me an email at the.conservatory.podcast at protonmail.com. That's all I've got for today. Thanks, guys. Okay, so one more thing, guys. If you exercise your right to keep and bear arms, make sure you know how to use your firearm. At a base level, you should know firearm safety and be able to proficiently shoot your gun. While I believe the government should not be able to require you to demonstrate proficiency prior to purchasing or carrying a firearm, I do believe that you as an individual have a responsibility to maintain that firearm safely on a moral level. So go get some training. Thanks, guys.